Hello and welcome to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which two Star Trek nerds and a Star Trek noob watch all of Star Trek chronologically. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Nanu, Nanu. And Elliot Red. I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> well done you. I've, I've got to be honest, we're... Uh, a little out of practice here. It's been a while since we last recorded. I nearly couldn't remember what I say to introduce the episodes there. I'm wow. so glad that you do that because I would just mess that up every time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you do it for season two, Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm rather impressed that you managed to come up for, with something that is scripted, but without scripting it or having a script. Yeah, I've never written that down. I just wing it. Yeah. And, and this time I struggled. I was like, what show is this? Who do I present with? What year is this? That's cool, man. You kept the train on the tracks. (laughs) Just. Just about. So today we are looking at... Star Trek. Oasis. Yes, I couldn't remember what the episode was called and I had to... It's written in front of me. Elliot, you just showed out Star Trek from the back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God he's been paying attention. (laughs) Elliot still thinks this is a Doctor Who podcast. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) We're looking at Oasis, which is an episode of Enterprise that Brandon Braga hates, which I've noticed seems to be a theme with this first season. Every episode I look it up and it's Brandon Braga going, well, that was shit. Yeah, and he wrote them all. Yeah, this is another one. Story by Berman Braga and Stephen Beck. Script by Stephen Beck and directed by Jim Charleston. Fully inclined to agree with him there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's another episode that Star Trek has basically already done pretty much identically, but better. Also, like at least two other times in this exact series of this exact show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, let's cover the many times Star Trek has already done this at the end. (laughs) I want to just say before we begin, uh, in the words of Ray Parker Jr., I ain't afraid of no ghost. But also to quote Viz magazine, it's not no ghosts you want to be scared of. It's ghosts (laughs) you want to be scared of. (laughs) So we open the episode with a lovely meal. Where Archer, Trip, and I think Topol, I can't remember, I didn't write it down, are talking to an alien trader named Damar. Now it's not there's a character in Deep Space Nine called Damar. Yeah. This is pronounced the exact same way, but spelled differently. Yeah, and and created after that quite integral, brilliant character that was written for Deep Space Nine. Like there are literally thousands of combinations of letters they could have chose and they chose yeah. this one. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like someone said, let's call him Damar, and they went, oh, we've already got a Damar. We'll spell it differently. Well, that doesn't show when you're listening to and watching an episode unless you read the bloody script. (laughs) And especially, as you said, Matt, Damar, I mean, let's face it, all the characters on Deep Space Nine have really interesting story arcs, but Damar, I think, is up there as one of the most interesting. Oh, God, yeah. He's an amazing, tragic figure, and he has an incredible apotheosis. This one's just like an intergalactic Dell boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I can get you what you need. Oh, no, I don't have that, but I can tell you where to get it. And that's all this dude does. And I don't even remember what he looked like. I didn't even remember what he did. Yeah. He was was blue and uh, weirdly rocky. Oh. 
He was a blue thing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> kind of, yeah. He had like a, a bit of a Kiadi Mundi head, but it was kind of rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reference there to giant headed Jedi, Kiadi Mundi. <laughs> Let's face it, the best Jedi was Kit Fisto, and I will fight anyone who says yeah, otherwise. He's absolutely the best Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> this, not Damar, because fuck you, Enterprise. Tells them that they can. The basically for some reason they're running out of stuff. It's never really made clear what stuff they're running out of, but they're running out of stuff. He says, "Oh, there's a crashed ship on a nearby planet, but it's haunted." And they go, "We're going to go anyway," because they ask, "Like, yeah, we've got this crew member who tells ghost stories. His name escapes me, but he loved. He, he really just loved this." <laughs> <laughs> well, this just harks back to one of our previous episodes. We recently mentioned that uh, Archer would <laughs> say to Paul, there's no such thing as ghosts. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the tiny black holes in the Shuttlepod 1 episode. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then immediately they encounter a ghost story. So, they do arrive at the planet, scan the ship, and it's a good thing we've already mentioned Star Wars, because I thought the ship was vaguely Star Destroyery. It actually is, to put my um, ship cap on. Uh, it's a model that you've just seen. Imagining you now wearing a ship on your head. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do that. I think there's a Cylon based star around here that I could use. Yeah, this is like um, uh, it, it's like used a bajillion times. I think it's like in Deep Space Nine and TNG. And I think it's like hmm. a warship with they like attach a couple of bits to it to make it look like um, like a warship. Uh, I, I go. Is, is it the Antares? I think it might be the infamous Antares class. Um, freighter that is literally everything in in yeah you've you've seen the ship a billion times. <laughs> I can I think I know the one you're talking about. I can picture it sort of in space with a weird glowing bubble sort of in it in the no, back as well. It's not even as exciting as that one. I know which one you mean. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what's this alien race called now? The Katar Kantari. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's this the ship is on the ship, is it? The sorry, yeah. the father and daughter at the very least. Yeah. So this ship has basically been the Jovis in the most toys, the Calisco in Silicon Avatar, the Kalon oh, yes. in Half Life, the Voltees ship in The Perfect Mate, the Calendon in Deep Space Nine, the Antares class in Ensign Row, the Numiri patrol vessel in Ex Post Facto. The Nubari mining ship in Flesh and Blood. The Kantari supply ship in Oasis. The Xantorus evacuation ship in The Breach. The Smuggler's Combat Vessel in Unification Part 1. And the Alari starship in Warlord. It's everywhere. Wow. But Elliot, you haven't seen it before. (laughs) Okay, cool. Did um, did Eagle Moss make one model and then market it like twenty times for this? I believe they did. I I think that they, to be fair to them, <laughs> knowing that Eagle Moss is set up, and I mean Eagle Moss, we love you. If you want to sponsor us or give us ships, you know, please do. <laughs> enough ships, Matt. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think they did. Might have done like the Antares, and then like the, the I know they did the Smugglers uh, combat vessels from Unification. You know, the one that had too many guns on it, so. When they shot it, it blew up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Enterprise scans the crash ship. There's no life signs, uh, no power signatures. Uh, so they'll have to send an away team. And Archer takes with him to Pol, Trip, 
and he says, you, the person who flies the ship, I can't remember your name, but come with us. Yeah. You like ghosts, right? <laughs> that's the one thing I know about you. They literally do that because that's it. We know two things about, about Travis. One, he grew up on a freighter. Two, he likes a ghost story. Yeah. It's just so they can have him there. And Archer says, oh, hey, Travis, does this remind you of a ghost story? Because we know that about you. <laughs> oh, that's boy. It. it really is it. And we do get a, a couple of effectively creepy scenes where you sort of see things moving, but you can't quite make them out. And they're like, Ooh, maybe the ship is, or no, it's just dudes, just some dudes. We find these dudes and they're living yeah. there. And then you get this little exchange between bunch of dudes, trip and to pole where trip just, I don't know, some, some Texan human just slips through the Starfleet training once again, because to pole goes, Oh, I'm reading some life signs and trip goes, could be rats. And it's like, um, <laughs> alien planet, alien spaceship, could be rats. Alien rats. It's not going to be rats. I like that bit where T'Pol says Vulcans don't imagine things. <laughs> like, how is progress ever made on Vulcan? <laughs> they're, they're stagnant. Like you they're a stagnant race now, the Vulcans. But, uh, I mean, they've obviously imagined things enough to get into outer space, because that's how that starts. You imagine going into outer space. And then you do it. You don't just go into outer space. <laughs> so shut up, Paul. This episode you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, the Enterprise crew find that there is this whole bunch of aliens living on the ship. They say that they were on their way home. They were attacked by another unknown ship and they crashed on the planet. And they've basically been living there for about three years. And Archer says, hey, we could help. We could maybe even repair your ship. And the aliens go, no, but OK, you can try. <laughs> Yeah, don't snoop into our ship. We are, as you may have noticed, a shady mm. people. One of them is René Aubergenois, who plays Odo on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he does. So, Elliot, this is another example of Enterprise casting a main cast member from one of the other Star Trek shows to just play a random person. You know what? Yeah, he he looked familiar. He just, obviously, having watched, what, however many episodes of Enterprise now and Netflix is going, here's all the other Star Trek shows you'll enjoy. And I'm seeing <laughs> the pictures of, of all of the cast and crew of these different shows. And all I'm getting is the picture, obviously. <laughs> so I literally yeah. recognized this guy because uh, I'd, I'd seen the picture of the crew and and all of them have rather unique faces, shall we say. There's um, it, This reminds me of a Simpsons episode, actually, when um, Milhouse uh, tries to to get Bart to look at his Pog collection. And he's like, look, Bart, Alf's back in Pog form. And like, this is literally what is happening here. They've got Odo from Deep Space Nine back, but in bit part form. And it seems to be like their thing, like, oh, if we just get like people from other shows that that they know, they'll watch it, even though we know that it's absolute pure dreck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course, he also... Before he was Odo on Deep Space Nine, he was in Star Trek VI, which is one of the best Star Trek movies. So he's really, you know, he's gone from one of the best Star Trek movies to one of the best Star Trek shows to this shit. Yeah. At least it was only one episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Trip starts repairing things with the help of Liana, who's the daughter of René Aubergenois, and... uh, they're just talking, and I think it's at this point she says to him, do you know a lot of women? And I just wrote, thank God she didn't ask Malcolm. 
I actually know nine women and I've had sex with five of them. (laughs) This one has a nice smile. This one doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) This one's milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. This one goes wee, wee, wee all the way home and then I have to clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's my job. And that's Malcolm's life. Oh, dear. (laughs) <laughs> in the life of Malcolm. Oh, Malcolm. I, want, I will say about this alien race I don't know if this is just commonplace for Star Trek and I just kind of need to get used to it but this whole alien species weren't aliens they were just humans with a little bit of rice cake skin on their temples <laughs> yeah that's a Star Trek alien yeah they look like they had parasites <laughs> There was, like, nothing alien about them at all. <laughs> Genuinely, when I first noticed, like, the, the alien makeup, I was like, is that alien makeup? Or is the picture just gone funny on my TV? <laughs> yeah. It, it just looked like they had, like, some parasites in their like, head. I guess, apart from the fact that there's not supposed to be any other humans out in space at the moment, there was no benefit to having these guys not be human. I understand that, obviously, these... Enterprise is supposed to be the first human voyage, right? Essentially, so I, I, I do kind yeah. of understand that they can't just shoehorn humans lost in space yet, whenever they want. But at the same time, it's like, but if you're going to have them be an alien race, have that matter at least a tiny bit. I mean, you say that, but both the original series and Next Generation have loads and loads of alien races that just look human, no extra detailing at all. Oh, really? <laughs> this is what I was saying the other day about um, that guy on the planet going, We've never, I've never seen an alien race like you before. And like, yes, you have. Everyone is like them. <laughs> like, these look like aliens that have been taken out of the oven by hot tongs by their foreheads. Like, apart from that, they look like humans. Yeah, so every alien on Star Trek is human with an extra bit. So Ferengi, human with extra ear. Klingon human with extra bumpy forehead. <laughs> you know, that's just how you do a Star Trek alien. I mean... Also, it has to be a part you could see. It can't just be like a human without a penis, <laughs> you know, or a human without a vagina. It has to be something that you can see. It's like human with a line down like, their head. Like, there's a lot more to the Klingons and the Ferengi. The Ferengi have really accentuated head shapes as well as brows and are completely lacking any hair. Klingons have very specific long hair and fuzzy eyebrows, and they have like weird teeth, I've noticed as well, usually. Yeah, but that's because you haven't seen yeah. original series Klingons yet, Elliot. Okay, okay, that's fair. Oh, it gets more confusing. Okay, I'll just shut <laughs> And, up, you then. know, you know the, the <laughs> conversation about Ferengi was just aliens, what should we give them? Big ears. And then they went from there. Fair enough. I mean, as I said before, that those guys are gross. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So... Trip starts getting closer to Liana. There's a bit of flirtation, which does lead to T'Pol going, don't get pregnant now, which I did enjoy. <laughs> yep. That was good, yeah. I like it when she trash talks him. <laughs> just throws some shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's just a lot of the aliens being shifty, Trip trying to fix things. And then on the Enterprise, Malcolm and Travis say to Archer, look, there's some inconsistencies here. Their story doesn't quite stack up. There's no evidence of them ever being attacked. And we feel like they've actually been down there longer than three years. And there's all this stuff adding up. Nothing makes sense. 
Malcolm is a little bit horny for damage in this scene, isn't he? <laughs> he did notice. He's there going, I scanned for torpedo blasts because that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't... I've got a note here in my notes, and I don't know what it means. It's been ages now since I've seen this episode, and it says, which planet is your favourite? And then the answer is this one. <laughs> but I don't know what it means. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Malcolm's all like, this is suspiciousnessness. And Tripp's all like, nah, she wouldn't lie about anything. They have no reason to lie. They wouldn't lie. Oh, yeah, because Tripp's now brought Liana on, onto the Enterprise for no real reason. And she's wandering around getting a tour. What do you mean no real reason? He fancies her. Yeah, no real reason. Yeah. There's a great bit in this episode where like something happens and then Archer is just basically like, Commander Tucker, the pervert alarm has just gone off. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> but they they managed to find that one of the when the ship was allegedly attacked, uh, it did launch escape pods, and one of them has just been sucked into the orbit of the planet. So they bring the escape pod on on board, and they basically find that there's a dead body in it. And Archer's like, "Oh, I really want to open a coffin." Cool. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about this scene as well, Phlox is is really resistant to this whole thing. And, and he's like, well, I don't believe you'll be needing my services anymore. It's like, literally, you are the one guy who does this kind of thing. Like, who are we going to get? Ensign Ghost Boy from the bridge? Like, Malcolm? You'll just have sex with it. Like, why, is, why is Phlox so sort of reticent to deal with this problem, which is very much in his wheelhouse? Like, corpses are his thing. But she like, says, you don't need a doctor, you need a mortician or something like that. And then I'm like, well, you are their mortician. You're their doctor. Yes, yeah, like, oh, okay, fine. We'll call the fucking funeral parlor on C-Deck and get them down. You are, you are the, where the buck stops on this shit. doctor, the nurse, the mortician, and the vet, and also the, the guy that steals the food. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. But they, they open the escape pod, and the body inside is actually one of the people who is also... Still down on the ship. Ooh. Oh, oh my god, yeah, and it was an actual corpse. There was like full on dead body. <laughs> they didn't even like not show it or anything. <laughs> Hideous rotting corpse. It was lovely. Uh, we also do get Trip then meets up with Liana and is saying, Oh, have you how have you enjoyed your tour? And she says, Oh, it's been great. Dr. Flox let me feed his bat. And I'm like, her name is Crewman Cutler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear I, 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 I think it's around this point right, when I think it's Archer starts speaking to your, your man that Rene Aubergeon Noir plays and I was like I'm quite enjoying this episode you know it's, it's not I haven't quite got to what's going to happen so I don't know how bad it's going to be and it's ticking along, and then Arch- and then Archer says something to him, and then he says back to him, "You don't understand." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be a shit episode," because <laughs> the reason is always going to be way lamer than it could than anything else. Like, if they're shady colonists and we don't understand why they're doing what they do, it's going to be boring. Yeah, yeah, you very much went wrong. I also just want to double check i don't know if this is actually coming up or if we've gone past it i think it might be when trip is taking the girl alien not alien through the ship or whatever giving her a tour trip uh they have a conversation about animals and i believe oh yeah uh trip brings up archer's dog and then realizes oh you're an alien race you don't know what dog means 
but he literally says the words dog means something or does it or something along those lines and very much comes close to saying one of our episode titles yeah this time he says dog and she's like the fuck's a dog yeah. rather than when archer said dog to a lady a few few weeks back and she was like oh yeah all right kiss me <laughs> oh yeah like, I mean, in the universe, is this maybe because the, that other species had a dog equivalent, <laughs> but this one doesn't? I don't know. I, don't, I can't even remember. There's a literal episode of Voyager where there's like, I'm sure there's just a, a Yorkshire Terrier in it <laughs> on an alien planet. <laughs> one day we'll see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the alien dog from um, The Enemy Within. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be so bad. <laughs> Anyway, Archer and Malcolm return to the crashed ship with Liana saying, look, we need some explanations here. But the colonists basically take Trippin to Pol hostage instead. Uh, everything goes a bit tits up, really. And yeah, Trip is now being forced to repair things. Forced, I tell you. Oh, no, don't make me repair things, he says. I hate repairing things. And he still doesn't, they still don't know anything about these the crew members do that they still don't know about how well, this is where we find out because again they have no real good way of, of doing tension and things so instead of us finding out later after they've had fights with them they just flat out have liana say to trip oh hey everyone except me and my dad is a hologram okay yeah yeah okay and at this point i will just say no no they're not if they can interact with the physical world not a hologram. It's a Star Trek hologram. Yeah, you've seen a holodeck and, and trip going on a boat in the water. But that was all in a hologram room. You can't interact with the physical world and punch people if you're a hologram. <laughs> it's there's if there's hollow emitters throughout the ship, which is a thing Star Trek has later, then yes, the holograms can. Basically means your whole ship can be a holodeck. Okay. So I want to pause on this particular matter here and say if some rinky-dink freighter from some rinky-dink alien species had literal, amazing... They, they could have effectively crewed that ship with those yeah. holograms. Why didn't they know about this? Like, this is the thing that I, that I feel the same way that you felt about the Ferengi appearing. Like, I can accept that Ferengi might be millions of miles away from where they are. I cannot accept that some moron race have advanced holographic technology that nobody else then gets to what two hundred years later. Yeah, it is a bit, especially you know. Oh no, our ship crashed and I can't fix it, even though I've got these hard light holograms who could help me. I've made holograms of the entire crew, so we wouldn't be lonely, basically. But they're incompetent, is what seems to be. Yeah, yeah. He could have repressurized the ship with a with some kind of hologram field if they could be solid. They could act as a fake hull or something, or a component to get them off the ground. Okay. Well, they seem to be able to choose whether they can be solid or not, because basically yeah. Archer and Malcolm come back with a rescue team. Malcolm gets shot in the back, which is fucking brilliant. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, <laughs> but then when they start shooting the colonists who are now solid, the phase beam goes right through them. Well, not just that. They just choose when yeah. they walk through walls seemingly as well. Yeah, it, I feel like, one, the face beam should at least disrupt them slightly rather than just passing through. And two, they, should, yeah, they shouldn't be able to choose when they're solid or not. It is weird, isn't it? And, I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to be explained all of this technology, you know, as it, as it pops up. 
but it, it is weird, isn't it? When it's just like weird inconsistencies. Just that. I, obviously, I saw this episode a couple of days ago. It's not a, as fresh in my mind as usual, but I this guy made, remade, like reprogrammed manually his crew's personalities and stuff. Is that what he did? Yeah. Or did he? Okay, so they're not exact copies or clones or perfect AI achievements. It's not like a glorious immortality thing that they've just kind of skimmed over. It's this guy who just kind of made some cheap cop cheap copies. Unless we're in yeah, unless like, we're in a red dwarf situation where just they store their personalities in drives on the ship and then yeah, that's why I was questioning it. Is that just a perfect replica of them saved, or is it him trying to make a cheap carbon copy oh. thing? Like we don't know. So basically, this episode is the Tempest, isn't it? But shit, because I love the Tempest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the shit Tempest. Yeah, a Tempest of actual feces. <laughs> um, you've got the the scientist. You've got the the, the 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 girl, and then you've got the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so it, it's it's shit forbidden planet then. Yeah, basically, yeah. Which is obviously good space Tempest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is Shit Forbidden Planet, yeah. Uh, but basically, now the Enterprise crew know about the holograms, Trip basically says to Liana, oh, you could help us. And she says, yeah, I could. And she does, and the holograms disappear. So then we get it all explained again by René Aubergenois when he explains it to Archer. And, you know, don't tell us. Just have this be the moment where we find out. Again, Enterprise, yeah. you just want to tell us things before we should find out. They were our friends, our family, for over 20 years. They're the only people I've ever known, besides my father, until you came. But the ones you based them on, the crew of this ship, where are they? I buried them out in the hills, the ones I could find after the crash. I killed them, so I buried them. That isn't true. You don't remember. You were a child. We were on our way home, just like Kulan told you. But we weren't attacked. There was an ion storm. It overloaded our plasma conduits. I was the chief engineer. It was my responsibility to start repairs. But it was worse than I thought. Leaking plasma burned through the hull. We were losing atmosphere, so Captain Kulan set a course for this planet. Sounds like you did everything you could to save the ship. <sighs> They're all dead. Apparently, I didn't do enough. And not only that, that action scene, because we knew all the information, we you figured out it's not hard, even if I hadn't been told at this point, that the rest of the crew are probably dead. You've seen the corpse, so whatever's happening, it's probably not ghosts. This is a science fiction show, probably holograms, or something along those lines. Data, memory banks, some bullshit. So... You figured that out at that point, and then I completely lost my train of thought. Like point. <laughs> See, you got bored explaining the episode. I really did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This episode kind of broke me a little bit. I have no redeeming features, and I just want to give it a zero out of ten. I'm out. Usually, in the one of the one of the episodes, I'll I'll come back at the end and be like, "There's at least something that I want to give it credit for." But no, I'm done giving it any credit at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you my opinions when we get to the end. But the thing I am just still baffled by is this: is this a fourth ghost episode uh, now? Yeah, or like, like, or, or at least very much, you know, like if not necessarily out and out ghosts, but ghost adjacent. Because there was the one with the aliens being drained of their 
bladders, wherever it was. There was the cave aliens. There was the ghostly aliens on that planet. Was it last episode, even uh, maybe? Or the last one episode was the Ferengi. Yeah, with the hunters. Oh, the Ferengi. That was the last episode. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the hunters. So like they they've just leaned on ghosts for like what like a quarter of the series mm. or something. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's just the one time. No, you were imagining them. No, it was aliens. No, it was holograms. No, it's a shapeshifting yeah. slug. <laughs> and this is the tragic thing: is if you want to sell something to me, just chuck a ghost in it, yeah. and I'm in. But this has actually worn out my ghost ability. Like, I don't care about ghosts. <laughs> oh, no, Enterprise is broken, Matt. If, if it's broken if my ghost level, brought up ghosts so much, I would have forgotten that they really mentioned ghosts. Like, it's it's. I, I remember immediately when you say the shape-shifting slug thing because that's fucking bananas. And I just remember it. I can remember visually uh, whether it's good or not. I remember it because it's so crazy. I'm never going to remember this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there was no ghost ship element to it until they realized that Travis hasn't even spoken for several episodes and they needed to give him something to do and that was the only thing they could remember about him when they wrote it. But in my head, it's basically like, I can just imagine it. I'm sure this isn't what actually happened in the episode, but Archie goes, maybe one of the times one of your famous uh, ghost stories, ghost boy, and then he closes the door on him. Like, I'm sure that doesn't happen, but that's what I'm imagining <laughs> happened in my head. It might as well have. Uh, yeah, basically, we just get a wrap-up now where... You know, Rene Aubergenois goes up on the Enterprise and goes, oh, yeah, we crashed the ship because I left my post. Oops, everyone died except me and my daughter. So, yeah, holograms. We're just going to live on our ship. You could drop us home, but I'd rather live on our ship. Hey, hey, do you not be a good idea? Holographic doctors. What? I know. I, that bit made me cringe. Yeah. That was so cringy. Yeah. So, for Elliot, for your, um, for your purposes, there's a holographic doctor in Voyager. Uh-huh. So... They're being like, whoa, imagine a holographic doctor. And and then later it happens. Yeah. If only there was some kind of directive that was primed. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it's my, one of my least favorite things about anything that is out of sync time-wise from the main timeline <laughs> of anything. You know, just having to, one day, maybe we'll have, you know, Electric bananas. I want to see that episode of Star Trek. I just want an electric banana. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. And then Trip kisses Liana, and oh, look, Trip's pregnant again. The Uh, end. (laughs) Would have been. That would have been a better ending, at least. I would remember it. Here's one of the things about this episode for me is it's a total rehash. Of several different things. For me, the biggest ones are there's two different episodes it sort of rehashes. One is Elements of the Cage, the original pilot to the original series. Oh, yeah. The other one, it's hugely reminiscent of the Deep Space Nine episode Shadow Play, which was an Odo episode and therefore also heavily featured Rene Aubergenois. And I'm just, I think even he noticed it, to be honest. I think I read an interview with him where he's like, yeah, they just did my episode again and put me in it for some reason. So uh, I got paid. Which episode was that? Uh, Odo and Dax 
go on to a a planet in the Gamma Quadrant and they can't leave and there's a whole colony of people there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, yeah, I do know the one. Jeez, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's that exact episode, but not as good. Yeah, it's really not. My God. <sighs> yeah. It, it, it's. I'm just struggling to understand why people who had, like, I get you know, when you get onto a Star Trek show. If you're like a, a a fanboy of Star Trek growing up, and you get to be on 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 an actual you know, episode or whatever, or, or a crew or, or you're part of the series in any way, shape, or form, surely you want to write good Star Trek, right? You would think. You know? I just don't understand why this happens time and time again. Was it just that these guys? Because was it the guys whose name, surname sound like a tongue twister again? Berman and Braga. Yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> you say they've been working on it for years and years, but they just burnt out at this point. I just feel that they forgot about it until the day it had to be in. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's just atrocious. I don't think they had much involvement in Deep Space Nine. I think Berman these days tries to claim he did because technically he was an executive producer as sort of at the time he was the guy who was overseeing all of Star Trek. But really, Deep Space Nine was Ira Stephen Bear and Ronald D. Moore were the key guys who wrote Deep Space Nine. I don't think Braga wrote any DS9, because I think he was still on Next Gen, and then he was doing Voyager. So clearly what happened is they went, oh, let's do this stuff. And people went, "Uh, that was done on Deep Space Nine. And they went, well, we're going to do it anyway, because we haven't done it, and we're just going to do it worse. But then also, call back to Deep Space Nine by naming characters after better characters from that show and casting actors from it. Yeah, that was odd. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah that was a pretty poor episode i just yeah nothing (laughs) at all it it, it's like that other episode that i really hated when nothing happened which is most of the series like like six flashed into my head at once (laughs) narrow that down for us matt I mean, do we literally have anything else to say about that one, or is it just, eh? I got, like, loads of notes from this episode I'm just looking at now, and I don't know what they mean. Like, why is the hat such an issue? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you you should just read through them completely out of context in a sec. Uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it's even worth saying. I remember the thing I forgot, which was during the fight scene when they're fighting the holograms, the whole, you, you mentioned that obviously there's, like, no tension, and they're not able to do tension at all, and that was kind of highlighted in that fight because you know that they're holograms already you know these guys are not going to be able to do any kind of damage to them you've seen that they phase through them and that the holograms can still hit them so it's a completely one-sided fight and you're just waiting for that off switch to be hit but it's still so yeah, boring uh, yeah. and dull and that is so true not exciting in any way even though it's supposed to be maybe oh slightly tense and dangerous why don't the holograms simply walk to where they are yeah <laughs> And just shoot them at point blank range. They even shot Malcolm, and it's just like, oh, he's fine. Like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of points, actually. First of all, <clears throat> what Enterprise is pretty okay at is setting something up. Because hmm. uh, they've done plenty of episodes. I'm like, oh, actually, I'm really interested in where this is going to go because I've obviously forgotten what happened because the, ed- the episode is absolutely bullshit. But their setups have been quite good. And I think about a quarter of the way through this episode, I was thinking, oh, maybe this will be a bit fun. 
even though, like I said, I've seen it before and I have no memory of it. And obviously it, it wasn't. And, and what Elliot said is absolutely right. The, the thing that drops the episodes every single time is that they just have no ability to create any tension at all whatsoever. It's like in Shuttlepod 1, when they basically say at the beginning of the episode, oh no, the Enterprise has been blown up, and the very next scene is, no, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been great if they would have not shown until the end. Yeah. Yeah, and the other, other thing as well, like that sort of character, the daughter, I was starting to get worried. I remember the, the first time I saw this, which is something that came back to me upon rewatching it, is that I thought that that character was going to end up staying on the ship, <laughs> because obviously Star Trek has... a. Uh, history of picking up blonde women in outer space and the next thing you know they're on the crew for a bit but luckily she didn't but then again it might have been a good thing just to get somebody else who wasn't the current set of staff members which is boring us to death <laughs> yeah. i i don't know if she would have made the crew any more competent to be honest oh god no no absolutely not yeah they're my only thoughts on this episode <laughs> her staying on the ship would have just created more really annoying storylines where Tripp's job is harder because he's worried about his stupid alien girlfriend. Yeah, and then Malcolm would have tried to sleep with her and gloated yeah. to Tripp about oh, it. That so would have happened. There would have been a whole episode where Malcolm falls in love with Tripp's girlfriend. Oh, I'm glad we didn't get that. I can't even remember this actually happens. I'm not. <laughs> Please tell me no. I, I don't want to see a Malcolm love life relationship friends episode. I mean, we can't make this promise, Elliot. I don't think Matt or I have I can't particularly remember. good memories of the rest of Enterprise. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. They, they, they would. <laughs> oh my god, they created Malcolm in the first place. I can't trust him with anything. <laughs> no, this will forever be remembered as the episode that actually truly broke Elliot. <laughs> I was watching it earlier, skimming through it to refresh my memory, and I was just like, oh, God, I hated this. I can't. Nope. Oh, it's so boring. It's so bland. The characters don't have any character. It's hard, but thank God we're doing a podcast about it because it makes it ten times funnier. Yeah. You get to rag on it. Knowing I get to rag on it in a podcast, <laughs> yeah, makes it so much better. Okay, well, uh, Elliot, our next episode is Detained. What are you expecting from that? Uh, uh, go out on a limb and say maybe there'll be focus on somebody being in a prison cell. Maybe one of the crew gets captured or something. Well, I'm just going to wet your appetite a little bit now and really drum up the excitement. The Suliban are back. <laughs> okay. Do you even remember who the Superman are? I do, actually, and I'm real happy about it. (laughs) Well, I think this will be a fun one for us then, so uh, join us next week as we break down Detained for you and and try to stop Elliot from slitting his wrists. (laughs) You dried my appetite. You didn't wet it. Thank you for listening, everyone. As ever, social media details for us all are in the description of the episode, as well as linked to Elliot's SoundCloud, where you can listen to our lovely theme tune to your heart's content. Thank you very much for listening. Take care, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.